0: Today's episode of Market Talk is brought to you in part by GrowMark FS. For over 95 years, we've led the game. Power, we restored it. Protection, we reinvented it. Record yields, we redefined it. If there's one thing we know at FS, it's that just because something hasn't been done doesn't mean it can't be done. We're never satisfied unless we take your farming operation to the next level. Run your equipment at peak efficiency and bust the bins this season. Visit fssystem.com. The views and opinions of this program are those of the host guests and callers. There is substantial risk of loss in trading futures and options, which you should carefully consider prior to trading.
1: Bringing you the ag information you need. This is Market Talk, produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Now, here's your host, Jesse Allen.
0: We saw soybeans, wheat, cattle, and crude oil trade their way higher on Tuesday, while the corn market largely did nothing. We're going to talk about all that more today here on Market Talk. Thanks for joining us on the program, as always. Great to have you along for the conversation about the markets and what's happening in rural America. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. Coming up on today's program, we are going to talk markets with Jacob Burks from agmarket.net. I know Jacob and I are going to talk about this livestock market a little more in depth as we've seen cattle, a huge break uh, Friday and Monday and then It felt like we overcooked it to the downside, so we saw a rally in the futures market on the day Tuesday in both feeder and live cattle trade. We're going to talk about what's going on in this market and what it means uh, moving forward here for our cattle ranchers and some of that spillover into the hog market as well. We're going to talk about all of that coming up here as we are joined by Jacob Burks later in the program. Also, we'll have a look at a few news headlines and want to share uh, another interview from our time at the NAFB convention in Kansas City, Missouri here a few weeks ago. We're going to learn more about Tyrannus. So that is coming up here in segment two today, along with news headlines before we get to Jacob Burks with agmarket.net. So plenty to get to on the program. Let's kick things off, though, and get some market analysis from Arlen Suderman, chief commodities economist at X. Arlen joined us around midday on Tuesday and gave us his thoughts as to what he is seeing in the market trade overall. We talked grains and some of the rally in beans along with Kansas City wheat having a good day leading the wheat complex mostly higher while cattle futures again rebounding quite a bit after traders seemingly overdid it to the downside on Friday and Monday. So we dive in and talk about those two things, grains and livestock trade. Here from our midday commentary on Tuesday, talk to Arlen Suderman, Chief Commodities Economist at Stonex. Uh, Around the noon hour, here are those uh, comments from Arlen, starting with the grain trade.
2: Yeah, the focus for soybeans is still in South America and Brazil. We've had yet another production estimate come out today, a private estimate from Brazil showing near record production to slightly below record production, uh, which kind of keeps a lid on the market, but yet we're still going higher today because we bounced off an area of chart support, and the trade is basically wary of going below that support until we really learn more about whether the rain's in the forecast uh, as we move into December verify or not. The forecast models certainly are looking wetter for December now than they did for November, Um, but the market's still a little skeptical because we've seen November forecast really disappoint repeatedly um so getting some strength there in the soybean market this morning wheat is getting some historical buy signals on november 28th uh so traders call it the voice from the tomb which is an old trading system i've been hearing about for the last 30 plus years um which has a buy signal on november 28th and that's particularly providing some support in kansas city uh when you get prices down to two to three year lows as we're seeing in the different wheat markets and you get a signal like this then the end users have a incentive to maybe add a little bit of coverage and you get speculators who have very large short positions say maybe it's time uh, to start uh, taking profits on some of those short positions fundamentally little has changed uh, we're still seeing a, a big volume of wheat coming out of the black sea, which is setting the world market. Uh, but for today, we're getting a little bit of strength from some of those signals and that's providing some underlying support for corn, but still not, a, not much of a story for corn here fundamentally to justify a sustained rally.
0: All right. Over in the livestock trade, uh, nice rally in cattle and hogs uh, back here on Tuesday. So far midday. And I, I feels like we overcooked this uh, this move to the downside in cattle a little too much. So getting a bounce here today is what it seems like to me, Arlen.
2: Yeah, the cattle market went to back to its old MO yesterday, really starting steady to firmer and then spiraling into big losses by days in. and. Ironically, that's been more or less the pattern that we've seen in recent months. We've seen more days where we started higher and ended lower. Um, and if you look at it, we've seen tremendous liquidation of speculative long positions who had been holding long positions. They had been net 102,000 about eight uh, contracts eight weeks ago. And now we estimate they may be down to about 25,000 net long or so. Um, as uh, they had built a big position on the tightening uh, supply, Um, but now they're taking those profits, and the market is really feeling the pain of that. Uh, Overall, in hindsight, perhaps the industry should have been more concerned about the fact that cattle were really the only ag market that funds had held that kind of length in. Overall, the tendency has been to short the commodities, the ag commodities, Um, Because of of commodity deflation and expectations of demand going down, and cattle had been the one commodity they'd been hanging on to until recently, and and now it's going the way of some of the others, although it still does have some stronger long-term fundamentals.
0: All right, and once again, that is comments with Arlen Suderman, Chief Commodities Economist at StoneX. He joined us around the midday hour on Tuesday, provided his thoughts as to what is happening in the market trade. And coming up, we'll have more with Jacob Burks from agmarket.net here later in the show. Well, one news headline before we get to the break. The National Farmers Union is one of many organizations backing the AM radio for every vehicle act in Washington, D.C. Mike Strands, vice president of advocacy for the NFU, says everyone does better when they have a lot of choices, including when they look for information.
3: Absolutely. That's the thing with this campaign and the issue itself of competition is that we know that we do better if farmers have many options for, for instance, where they can sell their livestock to. Farmers do better when they have many options for who they're buying their inputs from. Farmers and communities do better if they've got different choices and options when they're listening to the radio and finding information. That's why the AM radio efforts are really important to keep that local information in place, easily accessed, and something that all can enjoy.
0: And he says this is an important issue that NFU is working on right now in Washington, D.C.
3: Yeah, we've raised this issue at the national level amongst members of Congress and across the administration as you know, Farmers Union is deeply concerned about the situation and want to advance the AM radio bill too. So it's been something we're talking about at the federal level across D.C.
0: And once again, that is Mike Strands from the National Farmers Union talking about AM radio and uh, they're working on that. In Washington DC with that AM radio for every vehicle act and you can uh, make your voice heard still as well by contacting your congressman or congresswoman or your senators you can go to why listen.com for more information and how you can reach out to folks again why listen.com is a great resource to learn more about the fight to Preserve AM Radio in the dashboard. That's a partnership with the NAFB and the National Association of Broadcasters, NAB. Again, uh, find more information, just go to whyilisten.com. All right, coming up next, we are going to have some more recaps from NAFB Trade Talk and more news headlines on the way here on Market Talk. Back with more right after the break.
1: Make sure to subscribe to the Market Talk YouTube channel. You can watch our latest interviews with top market analysts in the country, find bonus content, and much more. It's easy. Just go to youtube.com slash at Market Talk Egg and hit the subscribe button. Or you can search for Market Talk Egg on YouTube. The market news and analysis you need here on Market Talk. Now back to Jesse Allen.
0: And welcome back to Market Talk. Thanks for sticking with us here today on the program. Market Talk brought to you by our friends at GrowMark FS. Find uh, their nearest FS retailer to you or all the products and services they offer. Just go to fssystem.com for more information. All right, well, uh, we're going to take a look at a few news headlines, but first I want to go back to the NAFB convention in Kansas City, Missouri, here a few weeks ago. We had some great conversations during Trade Talk, and one of those was with Taranis. Mike DiApallo and Ethan Knoll joined me during Trade Talk to provide some more details on what Taranis is doing and how uh, they're taking field scouting to the next level. Here is that conversation I had with Mike DiPaola and Ethan Knoll from Taranis. We are here at Trade Talk in Kansas City, Missouri. Joining us now, we're talking with Taranis. Mike DiPaolo is with us. And Mike, it's good to catch up with you and uh, hope you're doing well here at Trade Talk.
4: Yeah, thanks, Jesse. Thanks, good to see you guys. We're doing really well. We, uh, we enjoy these events. We like sharing what we do. I'm joined here today with Ethan Knoll of Vag Partners. And we have John Bodiger as a grower as well here. And what we're doing is we're making sure everybody understands, and and many do, because we're on millions of acres, that you can FaceTime your fields. You can have ring doorbell for your farm. What am I saying? I'm saying we have the kind of imagery, we have the artificial intelligence, we can count the holes in every bean leaf. We can get a picture on every acre, leaf level. What does that mean for you? We quantify what you thought wasn't quantifiable. We can give you game tape for your acre. You want to allocate resources differently? You should know the stand count you're getting. You wanna manage disease? Did you pick the right variety or hybrid? Are you gonna use a fungicide? Do you know your nutrient deficiencies? Was that the right decision? So whether you're in season or you're getting to the end of the season, you need to work with your advisors to say, this was the right plan for me. This is the way I manage my fields and I have game tape. So you might be an all-star farmer, an all-star quarterback, but you deserve an advisor. You deserve a coach that has the record, that has a visual record that's quantified to help you get more out of your crop, more out of your resources, and make sure you're maximizing not only the yield on your farm, but the return on your investment, and you're protecting your legacy for decades to come.
0: Well, and I'd love to get Ethan's perspective on this from a grower retailer perspective of working with Taranis and, and moving that acre forward, as you mentioned. So give us your perspective on, on some of this great technology and these things that, that Mike was talking about, Ethan.
3: Well, first of all, it gives us a little more time. We're not spending so much time out in the fields.
0: Uh, yes, we still get boots on the ground, but it's telling us where to go out in the field. Uh, but then after that, it, it helps us build transparency with the grower. With that extra time that we
3: have, we're going in facing the grower, providing evidence for their management decisions. And so, like Mike said, it put it, uh, quantifying what was, used to be unquantifiable. And so we can take it to them and show them every acre has a picture. Every acre has that AI telling them what weeds, diseases, nutrient deficiencies are there. And so we can help them make decisions in season, but then also after the, the season's
0: over. Uh, and we have that history there to do that. Using technology to our advantage on the farm, right? That's what it's all about, Mike. Yeah, look,
4: for too long, farmers in this industry, we're great with biology. We're great with chemistry. We're great maybe with soil things. But when it came to ag tech and software... There's a lot of people that came in well-intended that want to just maybe cut out a middleman or, or help you take a shortcut. Listen, your audience knows there are no shortcuts in ag. It takes a community. It takes a good advisor. It takes good farmers. We work together. And what we've invested in, and if you're a retailer hearing me, we've invested in technologies and tools that are made for people who practice in agriculture. It's a very different thing. I'm talking to you here about a company that's betting on artificial intelligence, optics, aerial capabilities, and the actions of a retail advisor. When you bring that together, that is the equation that's going to get you a better yield and a better partnership.
0: If folks want to learn more about Acre Forward by Tyrannus and how they could use it on their operation and work with their retailer, et cetera, how can they do that? Your first stop is going to be
4: AcreForward.com. AcreForward.com, videos, testimonials, podcasts, demos, anything you'd like. So check us out there. There's a phone number there as well. Call us. We'd love to hear from you. Second, we're on millions of acres. So if you've got these crops, sugar beets, corn, cotton, potatoes, soybeans, sugar cane, if those crops are in your area, ask your local retailer or cooperative because if they want to move your acre forward, they're already
0: partnering with us. Acreforward.com is where you can learn more about Tyrannus. Mike, Ethan, thank you both for joining me here at Trade Talk and telling us more. We appreciate the time. Thank you, Jesse. Thank you. And once again, great stuff there from NAFB Trade Talk uh, in Kansas City a few weeks ago. We'll share more of those conversations coming up here over the uh, next few weeks as well as we get towards the end of the year. So looking forward to that. Well, let's take a look at a few other news headlines. And now is a great time to deworm cattle. Deworming is a routine part of caring for any livestock, but it's still not something to take lightly For every day that there are parasites in your livestock, you're losing valuable dollars in ROI. Grant Crawford, Associate Director of Cattle Technical Services with Merck Animal Health, says that deworming can provide a ton of return for the input required.
3: When we look at deworming, it's something that's often overlooked, and but it's extremely important. When you look at all the technologies that are available for beef cows, for the cow-calf operation, or for stocker cattle on grass, deworming, or wormers, dewormers, are the product that can provide the greatest return for those enterprises. So it's something that we really need to pay attention to, not only that cattle get dewormed but that they're properly dewormed at the right time of year.
0: Through the extensive testing they've done, Crawford says the data shows that pour-on and injectable treatments aren't as effective as their oral treatment products.
3: As far as the results that we've seen, we do a lot of fecal testing then we document the efficacy of various products through our fecal egg count reduction database. And we've been doing this for a number of years. And what we consistently see is that the porons and injectables that are often used are not as effective as they once were. We target a 90 or maybe even a 95% reduction in fecal egg count that would tell us we're reducing worms in the gut by 90 to 95%. And the porons and injectables are often only about 50 to 60% effective in reducing those egg counts. So they're not working very well. The oral products like Safeguard Drench or Safeguard In The feed are still 95 percent effective or more. And part of the reason for that is just the mode of action. The drench products and the feed products, they're oral products. So they go straight to the gut where worms live, whereas the other products have to take a roundabout way to get there. So that's, that's a large reason why the oral products continue to be very effective.
0: There are a few key time frames every year that are optimal for deworming, and Crawford says this time of year is a great time for deworming your cattle.
3: We talk about strategic deworming. We don't we don't need to deworm cattle every week or every month. There's there's just a few key times during the year that we can deworm to maximize our investment in deworming. One of those times is right now. So in the fall and winter, after cattle have come off green grass or if the pasture goes dormant or if they're going into a dry lot or they're going onto corn stalks, they're not going to pick up worms anymore. Cuz even on grass, once we have a freeze and a hard frost, those worms are going to go back down to the soil. They're not going to be picked up by cattle. Deworming at that point is very important. Then we're cleaning the cattle up from anything they picked up from grazing in the summer and the fall and they'll be clean until they go back out to green grass in the spring. So that's important particularly for the cow-calf herd because that cow at this point, her requirements are very low. But as we get through the winter, we have colder temperatures so the requirements go up and the calf that that cow is gestating grows very rapidly during the third trimester. So we want to make sure that cow is worm-free going into that third trimester so she can put all of her nutrients toward that gestating calf and also toward maintaining her own body condition. That's going to be important for calving, having a healthy calf, and also having that cow in in condition for rebreeding later in the spring or summer.
0: And Crawford adds that it's important to always keep your cattle as productive as possible, especially when margins are tight like they are right now.
3: We don't want to give cattle a day off, right? We want to keep them productive throughout their entire life because margins are thin. We want to, we want to keep them productive, keep them healthy. We want to keep a beef cow in the herd as long as we can. So having that, that proper deworming program, having a good plan and utilizing diagnostics can help us keep that cow and that the whole cow enterprise very productive.
0: And once again, that is comments with Grant Crawford, Associate Director of Cattle Technical Services with Merck Animal Health. You can find more information on deworming. Just go to SafeguardWorks.com. Again, that is SafeguardWorks.com. Also here in news headlines before we get to the break, Greg Harden, a best-selling author and former Associate Athletic Director of Student Counseling at the University of Michigan. is going to be the keynote speaker at the 2024 Farm Bureau Convention. He'll address attendees during the closing session of the annual convention on Monday, January 22nd. Harden counseled more than 400 student-athletes, including names like Super Bowl champion Tom Brady, Heisman Trophy winners Desmond Howard and Charles Woodson, and Olympic swimming champion Michael Phelps. Farm Bureau President Zippy Duval says, quote, persistent, patient, and resilient are among the traits that professional athletes share with farmers and ranchers. That's why Greg's message about coaching and mentorship is so timely, end quote. Duvall also says the lineup for the entire convention is outstanding. In addition to guest speakers and exciting competitions, they'll host important conversations about top priorities for U.S. agriculture, including the Farm Bill. The 105th American Farm Bureau Federation Convention is in Salt Lake City, Utah, January 19th through the 24th all right coming up next here on market talk we're going to dive into what's going on in the market especially what's happening in this wildly volatile cattle trade all of a sudden jacob burks with agmarket.net joins us for analysis
1: on the way right after this When it comes to protecting your investment in fuel and diesel-powered equipment, Diesel X Gold from FS clearly beats other diesel fuels. New detergents disperse contaminants to prevent sludge that plugs filters and causes unexpected downtime. And now, better moisture handling chemistry helps ensure your fuel stays dry, reducing microbial growth and fuel line freeze-ups. So when you're deciding what fuel to use, choose Diesel X Gold, absolutely the best fuel to power and protect your diesel equipment. Contact your local FS Energy specialist today or visit GoFurtherWithFS.com. Market information that matters to you on Market Talk. Now, back to Jesse Allen.
0: Well, it turned into a pretty good money flow day on Tuesday. It's soybeans, bean oil, wheat trade led by Kansas City wheat, and then the cattle market uh, snapping back a little bit from two aggressive days of selling Friday and Monday, we're going to talk about all that and more. The corn market is the more part. Didn't really do a whole heck of a lot on the day Tuesday. We're going to dive in and uh, take a look at what's going on in the market trade. Joining us for analysis, Jacob Burks with agmarket.net is here. Jacob, good to catch up with you again, my friend. Hope you had an awesome Thanksgiving holiday.
5: Yeah, it's always good uh, good to chat, Jesse. And yeah, it was fun. Uh, I had a, had a trip to Arkansas and back, and so... Uh, come back in just in time for this 14 degree weather here in the south part of Wisconsin. So it's a blast.
0: Gotta love that. Right? Just a just a good testament to the fact that winter is here and or right around the corner for many folks. And uh, we don't want to think about that though too much. <laughs> I, we want to think about a good day in this market trade on <laughs> Tuesday. I was starting to worry just with how Friday's low volume day was, and then Monday was kind of ho-hum and uh we get in here on tuesday and this cattle market snapped back let's start with the livestock trade first because uh, this cattle market has been wildly volatile the last three sessions and i'm just wondering your thoughts here i mean a, a good recovery day tuesday led by feeders and live cattle but you look at how much damage has been done um Man, I, I don't know where this cattle market goes from here, Jacob. What do you think overall to start?
5: Uh, you know, I think you got to kind of look at this from an overall picture. I mean, you start looking into uh, daily excuses or daily reasons for some of these market movements, and you're going to pull your hair out. Uh, you know, overall, we've seen fifty six dollars uh, from the September highs uh, to the uh, to the lows that we put in yesterday uh, come out of this marketplace, and that's that's a huge pullback. It's a huge knee jerk. Uh, uh, you know, not a huge knee jerk reaction. That's been a slow, steady move down. And, you know, we have a, some knee jerk reactions here as we get to the point where these yeah. funds and, and the positions that they're in, uh, they, they break some technical support. You see a really bad day down on Friday. Uh, you get that margin call, you get that uh, exiting of positions, mass exodus, uh, and you see some, some knee jerks. And, and that's what we saw, I believe, yesterday uh, and because, you know, the way we came back and traded this thing today started off a little bit lower. And now here we go. We're uh, you know going to end the day up seven dollars and 20 cents. So, you know, focusing on that big picture of what's out there, uh, what's taking place. And, and there's there's a lot of different reasons, different thought processes uh, behind where this cattle market can go. Uh, and I think a lot of it has to do. You have to look beyond the supply side of this thing, look into the demand. And, and there's just a lot of different uh, possible answers and possible directions that we can go from there.
0: I thought, you know, after Monday's trade, I was thinking, okay, funds are just getting out of this cattle market. They've had enough. They're going to be out of this thing until the end of the year. And then, you know, reassess as we start uh, a new calendar year in 24. But then, like you mentioned, we came back and bought this thing here on Tuesday. And it felt like we just overcooked it to the downside, so to speak, with some of this technical type trade. But I wonder, have we done too much technical damage to limit our upside in this cattle market? What do you think, Jacob?
5: I think there's, I mean, you just kind of look at what the 10-day the moving average has done to this thing on the way down in some of these charts. Is it's, there's been a lot of resistance there from a technical perspective. I think yesterday's, uh, the, the, the open interest, uh, excuse me, the, the, the volume was, I think, double what it was on Friday and even Wednesday, which we expect to see low-volume low trades on those days. Uh, but you saw the open interest declining, so you were seeing some exiting of positions uh, as as we went uh, through the the holiday uh, the holiday trade and into the Monday. Uh, but I think it was it was when when markets get uh, get dipped one way too far, uh, the reciprocal happens, and it happens even better. I mean, if you look at where we're at on the week, we're actually higher on the week. Uh, so uh, it's something that you you uh, you have to be very patient in these type of markets. Uh, it's hard to be, you know, the markets can. Uh, can can stay uh, you know irrational longer than you can stay solvent and that's kind of what happened in this case here especially in the feeder cattle.
0: how much of a disconnect could this uh, create with all the futures moves with the with the cash market what's happening out in feedlot country and at the sale barn this week and more i i guess i would assume it would create a pretty big disconnect considering what reality's been out in feedlot country and but maybe not I, I, what's your thoughts there
5: well, I mean, you look at the live cattle. I mean, you got December cattle trading around 171. I think we settled 171.65 here uh, on Tuesday. Uh, you got your cash trade trading around that 172 level in the South. That's a couple bucks below where we were at the week before. Uh, you you saw the the you know if you go back you know to October and see that cattle on feed report that where we had uh, you know larger than expected placements. A lot of those September cattle had come in earlier. You see a lot of the uh, the Mexico cattle coming into the the inventory. Uh, you know, we built the uh, the opportunity for these packers to have control. and That's what we're seeing. Uh, you're seeing the the you know lack of you know, the the smaller kills, but you're also seeing weights come up. Uh, so you know, the box beef prices uh, have come down below 300. They're trying to slow the kill down to keep uh, keep those prices elevated. Uh, so the, the disconnect between your your futures and your cash. I mean, right now they're they're trading about equal. Uh, but, you know, you'll continue to see what that uh, what happens in that cash market is going to be more relative to what's in that feedlot and how they how they are able to manipulate and, and how they are not manipulate, but how they're able to function through uh, this inventory situation. And we have a little bit elevated inventory uh, of available mm-hmm. cattle right now. And that all that all entails what, what's going to happen on the backside in this demand picture. Uh, you know, we're not seeing a whole lot of uh, opportunities uh, uh, export wise. Um, we are starting to see a lot more of these cheaper, this low-quality cattle uh, come in. You're seeing that in the box beef and the spread between choice and select. You're seeing some of that inventory come in, and I think that what the, we've done from a uh, from a monetary policy standpoint is starting to catch up. And we've we, we've taken that that disposable income uh, from you know from that middle class of America and, and made it a little bit more difficult for them to continue to buy these higher-priced uh, cuts.
0: At choice select spread pushing 30, uh, by the way, on Tuesday. So that's a good point there. Uh, I want to get to hogs at a second to, to wrap up the livestock conversation. But just cattle in general, uh, with the recent volatility, am I looking still at maybe hedging cattle here, uh, protecting my downside? I mean, risk management wise, talk to me what we should be thinking about right now.
5: I think the you know if, if if you're in that position where you're in uh, you know, in, in the feedlot or you've got some small you know some small pens of cattle that are going to have to go to town, uh, you know this day today probably makes you at least smile that you say hey we got some opportunity that we could catch a bounce here. Now what I would probably look at is don't be don't be hesitant to go ahead and sell the cattle. Don't I don't know that holding on to cattle right now and and putting more pounds on them is right because if you're thinking about doing it, everybody else is too. And so what I would look at is just somehow some way. Uh, you'll be able to 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 capture that upside potential, whether you're whether you're buying them back on the board, uh, whether you're looking at buying some type of call strategy, and putting yourself in a position for a rebound. I mean, it's it's you look at cattle inventories, and if the demand stays strong, and if we're able to, you know, because the whole time we've been asking this for about six, seven, eight, ten months now, of how in the world is the demand keeping up uh, with, mm-hmm. with the, the the prices that we've withstood. That's It's not to say that we can't get back to those levels, but I, I do think that it's not wise for us to continue just kicking the can down the road here uh, and just keep putting more pounds on these cattle. You go ahead and use the tools that are available to look at some re-ownership strategies is what I would look at in the cattle. Now, there's other things in the, these these feeder calves uh, that you can still look at. Hey, you're probably in some profitability levels, even though you've seen $56 fall off of this, that you might start looking at some type of put strategy or look at some LRP or some of that sort to. You know, to, to make sure that, hey, we're not going to end up crashing this thing off and continue to push these cattle forward too early because uh, you know we didn't make any more cattle here in the last six months. Uh, and so th- those inventories are still going to be tight, especially as we go into the spring and the next fall.
0: Hogs have largely felt like a follower to live and feeder cattle to me here in recent days. know we got some different fundamentals working in hogs but some of the same as well what would you say to that do you think hogs have largely just been a follower here on the whims of the cattle market or are we watching something else in hogs
5: Uh, i I think that they've been a follower of the cattle i mean uh, from a technical perspective that's the the charts look similar we've seen some really ugly days going through that uh uh, through the thanksgiving holidays Uh, but a lot of that comes on the shoulders of of what's going on in china as well uh you're seeing some some of the lowest prices we've seen in I uh, can't, don't quote me on the years, but a long time. Uh, you've seen some, the the inventories there just, you know, continue to be burdensome. Uh, they're they're not, uh, you know, looking to purchase any of our, at one time we were rallying the hog market based on the potential that, you know, their, their you know, their uh, economy was going to be strong enough to where they were going to be looking at, you know, you're buying a lot of our pork. And that just hasn't mm-hmm. happened, just the opposite, that they're having no burdensome supplies. So I think that tacked on with the idea that all of protein and all of our, uh, entire protein perspective, whether it's the the chickens and the uh, or the beef or the or the po or the pork, is uh, just become uh, maybe where our dollar bills are not going to be spent, and that's going to be part of the uh, inflation that is going to start pulling uh, pulling this thing back down if we can get that control.
0: Well, once again, that's the voice of Jacob Burks from agmarket.net. We'll continue with market analysis coming up here after the break. We'll talk a little bit about the grain trade which soybeans and wheat were higher on the day. January beans up 16 to three quarters, 13.46 and a half on Tuesday. March beans up 16 and a half, 13.64 and three quarters. January bean meal down 6.10 a ton, 4.30, 15. January bean oil up 188 points, 52.94. December Chicago wheat up 9 and a half, 5.43 and three quarters. March up 11 572 kc wheat december up 23 613 march up 21 and a quarter 617 at three quarters looking over at minneapolis spring wheat december was up 10 694 and a half march up 13 and a half 713 and a quarter live cattle december up 287 17165 february live cattle up four dollars 17282 Feeder cattle January 825 higher 22105, March up 720, 22350 on Tuesday, and December Hogs of 105, 6892, February up 210, 6902. We'll be back with more market analysis from Jacob Burks with Agmarket.net on the way right after this here on Market Talk.
1: Make sure to subscribe to the Market Talk YouTube channel. You can watch our latest interviews with top market analysts in the country, find bonus content and much more. It's easy. Just go to youtube.com slash at Market Talk Egg and hit the subscribe button or you can search for Market Talk Egg on YouTube. Market information that matters to you on Market Talk. Now back to Jesse Allen.
0: We are talking today with Jacob Burks from agmarket.net here on the show for our market analysis. Jacob, let's go over to the grain and oil seed trade on Tuesday. And you mentioned uh, the economy, the dollar lower had to help out with a lot of our money flow uh, across the board on the day Tuesday. Uh, Soybeans and KC wheat, bean oil too. I'll throw bean oil in there. Kind of the upside leaders uh, on the day in terms of the soybean market, I, I know all eyes are on South American weather right now. That's still the big factor here, isn't it?
5: Oh yeah, it's South American. Uh, you know, when you start seeing the market move every six hours, when they, when these forecast uh, models generate a new run, uh, you know you're in the middle of that uh, uh, that true planting uh, weather market, and, and it's something that happens you know twice a year now, more so than it ever has. Uh, but you're looking at the type of size of Crop that the entire South America uh, has grown to over the last five years, uh, it makes it very important to, to you know what goes on as far as the weather models down there in South America. But I would say as we go forward here, uh, you know that will diminish. Uh, you're 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 still well behind pace. I think this is the slowest pace that we've seen since fifteen or sixteen for Brazil. Uh, there are some scattered thunderstorms, uh, uh, that's, you know, forecast here in the Mato Grosso area, and supposed mm-hmm. to dry up here in the. Uh, the southern part of Brazil where they've had too much rain uh, and, and we've, we've pushed that, the, the delay of the safrina crop planting you know, down uh, is, the longer it takes for us to get these, uh, these beans planted here in South America. So uh, all that said is when you look at, at what some of these other private analysts have have backed up on the, the Brazilian corn uh, and the Brazilian uh, soybean potential, you're still looking at a very, very large production area. Uh, so with a 15% stocks to use here domestically in corn and a little bit tighter supply, but a, a ample supply of, of beans here, you're still looking at you know some some supplies that that are not going to support a major rally unless these weather problems continue through the growing season. And I think that's what when you start looking at some of these forecasts that are 30 days out, uh, we're not as we're not as worried right now uh, with the forecast uh, that that uh, the growing season will be halted. Just right now we're a little worried about the planting and the delays.
0: Wheat markets were higher, too. I know we set new lows in wheat on Monday and then bounced back. KC wheat led the way. I've heard some rumors in the trade about some historical buy signals uh, in the wheat trade on Tuesday for the date of November 28th. I don't know how much you heard about that, but uh, I found that an interesting little nugget as the wheat market rallied a little bit on Tuesday.
5: Well, that's good. Uh, we, we could use some reason to buy wheat because that's about the best thing I've heard so far. Maybe I had my nose stuck in the cattle too much. Today. Uh, but uh, I, I didn't get that one, but I'll buy it, man. I I would love for anything to, to see this wheat, get some support here. Uh, we've seen long-term downtrends just continue to, to, to cap us out in the wheat. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you come in here on a day where we, we had a, a good uh, good bounce here uh, December wheat-wise. You know, you look at all the, the the corn, beans, the wheat. You've got first notice day coming up. you got the... The wheat as a matter of fact uh has got uh, december contract is uh, twice as big as we were last year in open interest so you do have that uh you, you see you know the the kind of a bear spread here in the corn and beans today and in, in the mill uh because that first notice they coming up these guys want to get out of this uh, long contract before delivery uh, so that's kind of weighed on the front ends of the the bean mill and soy and corn today uh the wheat uh was was in the same way even though we were up nine and a half cents we were still Know, two cents less than what we were into the to the march contract so mm-hmm. long story long story long, uh there there's there's factors in that week contract that uh that are going to limit it on, on a big move up uh you know the other part is we come out with two uh, percent better good to excellent numbers uh yesterday so so every time that we look at uh potential you know china buying or, or potential uh, opportunities to to see a, to to catch a bounce we've just found an opportunity to to cap that uh and not get anything sustained during the
0: week. I saved King Corn for last, Jacob, because out of all the good things we saw on Tuesday, Corn just laid an egg, didn't do anything. I know we set new contract lows in Dees. Corn, I tell you what, I, I think a lot of folks are, are getting ready to, if they have it already, they're locking that bin full of corn at this point because this corn market's just not wanting to do anything right now jacob what's your take in this corn market right now
5: uh you're exactly right i mean when you start setting new lows you haven't seen this you haven't been this spot since 2020 21 time frame you're you're back down to 450 levels uh you're a dollar lower than than uh, what a lot of people were guessing that we would end up uh you know averaging this this year out here this time of year i think i think that the the you know the trucks are are locked too. They're not going to start those trucks up. They're not going to they're not going to haul grains you know up here in this area for a while. Uh, Basis is going to have to do the work. And we and we did hear some some rumors and scuttlebutts about some of these processors and some of these opportunities uh, you know to 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 get that uh, the corn moving a little bit. Uh, but all in all, we're on a long term downtrend that has been that looks to be supportive right now. We closed uh, above it here in the in the in the March corn. and and so if you go back and look at anywhere from that may to july lows and and you draw that line across there there's some solid support here in the march now uh i I don't i don't i wouldn't surprise me if we continue to see this market fall off and go go below the 450 level in the december uh but i don't think that at this point uh we have that extra push that was going to from the farmer selling that is going to going to get us there now what i will what, what my fear is is if you look at what the commercials are short from from a contract perspective what these commercials are holding uh, it actually it actually decreased this this last report and we don't have enough farmer selling and there is a lot of farmer selling to come and and that's why I feel like in the future maybe it comes after the first of the year when people are wanting to get that uh, open the bins up and get paid uh, get that deferred pricing uh, that we start seeing some of that uh, that even push us a little bit further so you know, between now and then, I hope we can get the pay- basis to do the work to get us to an increased level where we can get a little bit more risk management, get a little more sold.
0: Jacob, if folks got questions, want to talk to you about uh, risk management. I know they could do that very easily. How can they get a hold of you and the agmarket.net team?
5: Uh, first of all, we encourage everybody to go to our website and take a 30-day free trial of our intel. Uh, you can get on there. We can You can see what, we're, what our thoughts are and, and uh, uh, treat you just like one of our customers. Uh, there you can look at the about us portion and uh, find any one of our brokers and our phone numbers are listed there so shoot us an email find us on social media whatever you gotta do let's chat
0: agmarket.net with that jacob burks thanks for joining us here this week on market talk we appreciate it we'll talk to you again soon
5: hey have a great week thanks for having me jesse
0: and we are out of time here on market talk today
1: thanks for joining us i'm jesse allen we'll talk to you tomorrow When it comes to protecting your investment in fuel and diesel-powered equipment, Diesel X Gold from FS clearly beats other diesel fuels. New detergents disperse contaminants to prevent sludge that plugs filters and causes unexpected downtime. And now, better moisture handling chemistry helps ensure your fuel stays dry, reducing microbial growth and fuel line freeze-ups. So when you're deciding what fuel to use, choose Diesel X Gold, absolutely the best fuel to power and protect your diesel equipment. Contact your local FS Energy Specialist today or visit GoFurtherWithFS.com. Make sure to subscribe to the Market Talk YouTube channel. You can watch our latest interviews with top market analysts in the country, find bonus content and much more. It's easy. Just go to youtube.com slash at Market Talk Egg and hit the subscribe button. Or you can search for Market Talk Egg on YouTube.